thanks, Brian and the group. That, that was a blessing. As you, usual, the um, music that Brian picks out, I know Todd feels this way many, many times, we should get up and pray and be, be done, right? The messages were great in, in those songs. Um, we wanted to take some time this morning to uh, speak about our missions program here at, at Melanie Park, and I, I, I appreciate Tom showing you a little, little bit about the financial side of it, and then Matt t- taking time to reintroduce the missionaries that have gone out from Melanie Park and to take time to pray for them. And I would encourage you also, uh, if you got a bulletin this morning, to take that yellow sheet and take it home with you and uh, use that to pray for those folks. Um, if you'll be attending the um, Membership Matters class uh, and lunch when the church service is over, if, if you have plans to, to attend that, uh, we'll also be spe- speaking about that part of our, our ministry here at Melly Park and giving you a little bit more information about our mi- missionaries. Um, I want to take the time we have left this morning to um, acquaint you newer folks uh, with our mission here as, as we see it, and then we have been, been around for a while just, just to remind us and and if you have the uh, outline there in your, bu- your, your bulletin, we've entitled it Understanding Our Mission, and we're going to look at three a- aspects of, of what, what we do here in regard to reaching out to the world. Just want to give you just a mi- minute's background on it. Um, prior to 1983, uh, Melanie Park Church was known as Melanie Park, well, after that time too, but we were Melanie Park Baptist Church and we were part of an association of churches that had missionaries that had been sent out by the group uh, to parts of the United States and quite a few countries around the world. And um, uh, after we left that association and became an independent church, uh, we started a relationship with an organization called Laterno Ministries based out of Dallas. Um, a man of the name of Roy Laterno Jr. was a good friend of our teaching pastor at that time, Doc Henry, and um, he, he came out and, and helped us sort, sort of begin the, the movement here at Melanie Park. We had several people from the church who made trips to Lima, Peru to take a look at the church planting methods that they were using down there uh, to plant churches, and, and those trips that the folks from our church took down there uh, and the relationships that we built encouraged and motivate us to start the missions emphasis here at Melanie Park. Our original target was Mexico City because at that time there were over 20 million people there. And um, so that was our original target. And our first missionaries, Keegan and Terry Williamson, uh, left here in 1985 uh, to go to language school and then to begin their ministry there. And um, in this atmosphere that was created here at Melanie Park and of sending and also going uh, resulted in others um, feeling like God had called them to go. In fact, at one time we had uh, four missionary units in Mexico, but then after that people began to be raised up and go into other parts of the world, and you heard about some of those this morning. Uh, As the years have gone by, not only have we had these people that were involved in long-term ministry, we also had quite a few people go out from Melanie Park for shorter periods of time. They went out for, 
for a few years and then, then, then came back. Um, we now find ourselves in a, uh, in a per- period of time when some of our young, younger folks here in the church are beginning to sense perhaps God's Spirit speaking to them uh, about a vocational cross-cultural ministry. And for that, we're gr- grateful. Um, and, you know, just to think that God might consider us worthy uh, to have a part in sending another generation of disciple-makers around the globe is truly humbling and it's a huge blessing. So we'll see how God leads, lead, leads them in time to come. We want to encourage them as they continue down the path, and uh, we'll be telling you more about them as time goes along. And, and this, this morning, what I'd like for us to do, again, is to... Uh, I'd like to just take some time to remind us all of the path that has been set for any of us who have received forgiveness of our sins through what Jesus Christ has done, 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 done for us. And so let's um, take a few minutes to visit about our mission. Before we begin that, let's, let's pray. Father, it is humbling to um, think that you loved us enough to send Jesus to die on a cross that we might be redeemed to become your children and Father to um, have the opportunity to go into our community into the world to share the good news of the gospel Father we thank you for those who have gone out from Melly Park over the years And Father, for those that you are speaking to who might go out in the future, we thank you, Father, that we can have a part in being in on what you're up to through this church and through other parts of the world. Father, we thank you for those who have been raised up from the churches that have been planted by the missionaries from Melanie Park and ask, Father, that as more of those folks are raised up, that you would empower them to go and that you would guide them, Father. And Lord, we thank you for this time we can spend this morning and just ask, Father, that you would uh, renew our hearts for the cause to which you've called us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, as you can see, we're going to use um, two very familiar sets of verses uh, this this morning um, for our time. Uh, If you look there, you'll see we're going to use the last part of Matthew chapter 28. In the first part of Acts, chap- cha- Acts chapter 1. If you have a Bible or you have a screen big enough to put both of them on at the same time, I would encourage you to do that because we're going to flip back and forth for just a little bit. Um, Matthew 28. We're going to talk a little bit about Jesus' instruction to his, disi- his disciples which are also instructions to us. If you turn to Matthew 28, we're going to... Actually, let me begin with verse 16. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven 
and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me just say before we go over to the Acts passage, I think that part of the significance of what Jesus was saying to them had to have been the fact that um, 40 days or so before, he had been crucified and had risen from the dead, and over that period of time, he had appeared to these 11 men several times in different set settings, as well as to a lot of other people. We find out reading 1 Corinthians that he appeared to a lot of, uh, of other people also. And so uh, then he gives them, after this 40-day period, period of time has, has gone by, more or less, he uh, gives them instruct, instructions to meet him at a certain place on a hill in Galilee. And so if we could imagine for ourselves what that would have been like to um, have followed him for three years, have been taught by him, what kind of questions would be going on in our mind when we find out he's, we watch him die, and then three days later, he rises from the dead, and then he appears to us, and then he's gone. Then he appears to us again, and then he's gone. And we're hearing things about him, and we're confused and not knowing what to do, and then we finally hear from him again, and he says to meet him, in Galilee, these men were Galileans, and by that time, they had already returned up to Galilee. And so Jesus says, meet me out here on this hill. Well, what's com coming next? Well, here, here he is. Here he's meet meeting with them, and he says, let me remind you that all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And he says... So I'm tell, telling you to go there, there, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, every, to, to do everything that I've, commit, I've commanded you, and oh, by the way, I'll be with you always. Now let's go over to Acts chap, chapter 1. Because what we have recorded by Paul, excuse me, by Luke in Acts chapter 1 is part of the same conversation. Jesus is saying these things before he ascends back, back, to the back to the Father. So this is part of the same conversation, just recorded by a different writer. So in verse 6 of Acts chapter 1, So when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I think that would have been a perfect question for them to ask him because they had wanted to know that for a long time. And Jesus had just said over in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. So if you're still wanting to know, if we're still wanting to know, Jesus, are you going to set up your kingdom now? You just said you have all authority and it's been given to you in heaven and on earth. So wouldn't this be a perfect question to answer if you were still wondering? Okay, so they do. Ask a question. So I, I'm, I'm supposing, okay, I'm supposing that this might have been what, what happened after he's told them to go and make disciples and I'm going to be with you for forever. I think this might be a great question for them to ask. Lord, is it at this time 
you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, wrong question. It's not for you to know the times and epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But here's the important thing. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. That's why I said, go make disciples of all the nations, because you're going to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So for his 11 disciples who'd been been with him from the beginning of his ministry, this is what he had to say to them just just before he he departed. But now for all of we who believe in him as a sacrifice for our sins, this is instruction for us also. Now, if you have your finger in both, or you have them both on, on, on your screen, I want to show you a couple of things. I see here two prom- promises that, that he made. And as we speak about this, I want us to lo- look at it closely because these are not just promises that he made to them, but they're promises that he made to us too. So I see two promises here, and then I see five parts of in- instruction to them. The first, pro- the first promise... I would like for us to put on our list where we're we writing this stuff out is found there in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The first promise is you will receive power when the Spirit has come upon you. And then the second, pro- the, the, the second promise is found over in Matthew 28 verse 20 where he says, I'm with you always even to the end of the age. So the first two, the, 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 these two things he says, I see the, these as, prom, as promises. Num, 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 number one, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You don't have to think this up yourself, and you don't have to uh, have the power within yourself to do what I've told you you're going to be doing. The second thing is, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Whatever that, look, look, that looked like for them, whatever it looks like for us. Now, couched in, in between, or put in, in between those, those two promises, I would like for us to consist, consist, consider this. He also says in Acts chapter 1, in the way of instru- instruction, he says, not only will you receive power, not only am I with you always, but he says, you will be witnesses. And he says there... Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Over in Matthew, he says, you're going to carry the gospel to all the nations. So I would say instruction number one is you will be witnesses wherever you are. That's what he was saying to them. Some of them were going to remain in Jerusalem. Some of them were going to leave. Some of them were going to go thousands of miles away. They were all going to die eventually. A few would die of natural causes. Most of them would die at the hand of men. But anyway, so he says, you'll be witnesses wherever you are. Then in Matthew 28, he gives four things. He says to go, which we'll talk about in a minute. Second thing, make disciples of all the nations. The third thing, baptize these disciples in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And the fourth thing is teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. So you see the two prom- promises 
and in, 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 in between the instru- instructions that he gave. So let, let, let's, look, let's look at these um, things. Let's, let's, let's talk first about what it means to be a biblical goer. Since he told these men, go and make disciples of all the, na- the nations. In Acts, he says, you're going to be wit- witnesses wherever you go. So let's talk about being a biblical goer. In Matthew 28, and then after we do that, we'll talk about being a biblical sender in just a few minutes. This is going to be fun. Okay, let's go back and look. Let, 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 Let me say that I do not know Greek. I don't know Greek grammar. But I study and I try to read and try to find out from, peop, 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 from people who do. And I found an, an interesting thing that has changed my view of Jesus' statement in verse 19 of Matthew 28. Where he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. I am one of those who used to say, yeah, I, okay, I understand what this means. This means as you are going, make disciples. And then one day I read uh, some stuff by somebody who do, does know Greek, and they said, well, actually, that doesn't do it. Because the word make, and this is, I know this is not Greek class, okay, and I don't know this stuff. I just read it. But the word make is, is, is the word. Jesus is saying, make disciples of all the na- nations. The word go gets what it gets from the word make. In other words, if Jesus had said, um, make, make disciples and it didn't carry much weight with it, then go wouldn't carry much weight with it. But the key is make disciples. And the fact that he said go, that word go gets its strength and it gets its use from the word make. So instead of saying, at as you are going, make, make disciples. While you're out running around, make disciples. When you go to soccer practice, make disciples. When you go to work, make, make disciples. We're doing everything we're doing, and then we're making, making disciples. But the way this, this stru- structure is here, here's, here's what it says. Instead of the other way, it, it would be better to say, having gone, we will make make disciples. In other words, the word go carries as much weight as make does. And so here's, what it, here's the difference. Here's the di- difference it is. I'm going to go to work. Having gone to work, ha- having gone to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and te- teaching them in the power of the Spirit, I arrived at my office to work. Having gone to make, to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them in the power of the Spirit, I knocked on my neighbor's door to invite them over for dinner. Why did I go knock on their door to invite them over for, for dinner? Because I've gone to make disciples. So do you see, if ever, if ever, if ever, if ever, what Jesus was, tell, was telling them there, I believe, is that that's what you do. You go to make disciples of all the na- nations. 
How about, the, 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 how, how about this one? Having gone to make disciples, I sat down with the other parents at my child's soccer practice. I said, well, Mark, okay, we're, we're to make disciples, but we're going to so- soccer practice. Yeah, but it's what were you thinking about when you got in the car? That, that's the issue. What was I think, thinking about when I got up that morning and took a shower to get ready to go to work? What's, on my, what's the number one thing on my mind, going to work or make, making disciples? This is what Jesus was tell, telling them. Guys, you're going to die for this message. I already told you they mistreated me, so they're going to mistreat you. I've already told you all that. The scripture says that we're to follow in his steps. Well, what were his steps? His steps were steps that went through persecution and ended up in death. Okay, how how about this this one? Having gone to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them in the power of the Spirit, we had a really meaningful visit with our cultural exchange student. How about this one? Having gone to make disciples, I'm studying for a year or two or three, learning the language of the people that God placed on my heart, so I'll be able to make disciples here in, you pick it, Tanzania, Papua New Guinea, the remote mountains of Mexico. If, if you're one of those who's, consi- who's considering going, leaving this place to go into cross-cultural ministry some, somewhere, is that the excitement of it? Is that why you're going? Are you going, are you going to make disciples? Will you have gone because you're making disciples? How about this one? Having gone to make disciples, I'll seek out new disciples here in Lubbock as I wait on the Lord to send me elsewhere. So see, our, 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 our mission is not just to make disciples. It's what's in our heart. It's our attitude first, and that is to go. We go to make disciples of all the nations, both here and and there. Now, some are going to be goers around here. That's most of us. Some of us will be goers somewhere else, and then some of us will be goers even to the remotest parts of the world. And there's a huge need, need for that. If I understand statistics correctly of the roughly 7,000 unreached people groups on the, plant, on the planet. A little over 3,000 of them are unreached and have no written language. So if God taps you on the heart and you were to go to one of those groups, you're going to be there for years because you have to learn their language. Then you have to create an alphabet for them then you have to translate your Bible lessons into their language. Eventually, you'll create, you'll write a script scriptures for them. And what will have been the motivation? It, it, it was because at, while we were going, we are make, making disciples. And what we do and how long it takes doesn't matter. Now, God will tap a few people on the heart to go to those 3,100 language groups that have no alphabet, have no written language, but the majority of us are going to be right here. Is the going any different? The going is the same. Is the call any different? The call, the call is, is the same. But isn't it neat that we don't have to get up here and beat somebody into submission to go somewhere? Because he says you're going to go in the power of the Spirit. 
So having gone, make disciples here in Lubbock. Having gone, make disciples in a foreign country like California. Having gone, make disciples in a country where there is no written language. Is there any difference? There's no difference because it's all the same in our hearts. Okay, let's, let's move, move on. Being biblical senders. If you turn with me to Acts chapter 13. I want to give us a... We have a great example of a sending church here. And I want us to look at five evidences that we see just in these few verses here that talk about the church at Antioch. This is a church, we go back to chapter 12, we would find out that whenever Stephen was killed, that there was a dispersion that took place. Many believers left Jerusalem and went back to their home countries, went back, went to other places, and that's what we find out in Acts chapter 12. And we find out that there were some people that went to Antioch, and, but they were, they were sharing the gospel only among Jews. But then some believers came from the island of Cyprus over to Antioch, and they began to share the gospel with Gentiles. And so um, whenever the ch- church leadership in Jerusalem found out about, y'all know this, don't, y'all know this story, don't you? But it's fun, to, it's, it's fun to, talk, to, to talk about this stuff, so I'm going to take a couple of minutes and talk about it. So the church in J- Jerusalem found out what was going on in, in Antioch, and they were concerned. They needed to find out because there was so much going on, there was so much growth taking place to make sure that they were growing in the correct knowledge of, of God and what Jesus Christ had done. So they send a very faithful man by the name of Bar- Barnabas down to Antioch, and, um, you know, at that time, Antioch was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. And so it was a pretty, pretty significant place. So to say that Jews had left Jerusalem and went to Antioch and were sharing the gospel with other Jews, I'm sure there was a large synagogue there. And then men come, coming from the island of Cyprus, that's me looking at the map. If you were looking at the map, men coming from the island of Cyprus to Antioch, and they came to begin to share the gospel with Gentiles. This is an amazing thing going on here. So the leadership in Jerusalem sends Barnabas to see what's going on. He goes there and finds out the truth is being taught. It is being proclaimed. People are coming to Christ. They are being baptized. They are being taught. And so he says, man, this is more than I can handle. So he takes off and goes to Tarsus and grabs Saul and grab, brings him back to Antioch. And for a year, they teach the new, new believers. I can imagine if you love to teach, that would have been heaven. You know, day and night for a whole year teaching the new believers and more coming to faith, and they're being taught and discipled. And, um, okay. and then somebody comes from, from Jerusalem and says there's going to be a the famine in the whole area. And so the believers in Antioch take up an offering and they send Saul and Barnabas up to Jerusalem. Down is up whenever you're going to Jerusalem. 
they, take, they go up to Jerusalem and they take the, the, the offering and then they come back to, to Antioch. And now we get to Acts chapter 13. If you'll, if you'll look, look with me at the first three verses. Now there were at Antioch, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Let's, let's look at some, at some things here. I would suggest that this is a great example for us as a church to be biblical senders. First of all, I just want to mention one, one little thing. The word um, in verse 2, the word ministering to the Lord this is the only time that, that that word is found in the New Testament. And it carries with it the, the, the idea that these men were serving in the church as an act of worship. So these five men that, that, that are mentioned, we don't know if they're the only leaders in that church, but that, but that word that used when it says they're, they're ministering to the Lord is a picture of um, them serving as an act of wor worship. And in the church, but let's look, let's look at these five characteristics. Number one, it's it's obvious when he says in verse two, the Holy Spirit said. So if the Holy Spirit said, then that meant that these men were being led by the Spirit. the The Spirit Spirit of God was in control of of that church. The men that are mentioned here are being led by the Spirit, and so they hear the Spirit when the Spirit speaks. Number two, a biblical sending church will understand her mission. Not only were they praying and not only were they hearing the Spirit, but when they heard the Spirit speak, they knew that that's what they, they were, were to do. Number three, a, 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 biblical, a biblical sending church is going to send from within. We notice that these men had been in the church now for over a year. They had proven faith, faithful as teachers. They were also sent to Jerusalem with the offering. They were trusted with the offering, and then they came back and as part of the lead, part of the leadership of the church. If you go look at the missionaries that have been sent out from Melanie Park over the years, as Matt mentioned those names, quite a few of those. Families who went out, they were all involved in the work of the ministry here. Several of those men served as elders here. The ones that were not elders served as te te teachers here. And those are the ones that God tapped on the heart to, to go. And he said, well, that's not fair. Lord, these are our elders. Don't take them away. And he says, they're not your elders. They're my elders. Get you some more. An important thing about uh, sending from within, I just want to give you two. When we sent out the prayer request, or the asking our missionaries if they had any requests to send to us, uh, Matt told, told, told us a couple of them, but I, I, want, I just want to read you a couple of statements that two of them made. 
This is the importance of sending from within. I can't tell you what a blessing Melody Park is. An oasis in the missions world for us. God bless all of you. We love you and we're so thankful for you. Now, they all wrote, wrote back and thank, thanked us, but I just wanted you to hear this thing, an oasis in the missions world. Another one, we praise the Lord for Melanie Park's faithfulness in laboring alongside us so faithfully over the last 35 years. Your example has been a testimony that few of my fellow missionaries have been blessed to experience. So we, we, we want, to, that, we want that, that to be one of our characteristics also. Characteristic number four, a biblical sending church is going to be fervent in prayer, seeking the mind and the will of God. For those already on the field, we continue to pray for them and for also those who might go or preparing to go. In verse 3, it says, Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Number five, a biblically, a biblical sending church is going to be one who is ready to send and support even more by prayer and finances. This is one of the reasons why we do a faith faith promise thing. We take roughly 10% of the budget, but then we the rest of the support for our missionaries comes from people giving what's on their heart to give. The reason we do that is because what if we had 25 go out of our church? Mark, we couldn't afford to send 25. That, that's true. And we don't pay 100% of the support for these 11 missionary units that, that we, have, we have on the field. But we pay a significant part of it cor- corporately. Other indivi- individuals give toward it. And if we don't cap it, then God can send however many he wants to send, and he can trust me and you to make up the difference. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Okay, so let's fin- finish up if, as we fin- finish our time this morning. Uh, if you have a bu- bulletin, there may be some left out there. I'd encourage you to get one when you leave if you don't have one. If you have one, on the very back, you're going to see a, a prayer. It's a pur- Puritan prayer in t- t- titled God's Cause. Now, if we don't all have that, uh, we're going to recite part of it together. And so what I'd like for you to do, if you guys will, there, there we go. If you want to look at the screen, you can. If you want to look, look at your sheets, you can. If you'll, you'll, you'll notice we're start, starting about halfway down. And I would just like for us to recite this part of the prayer to get together. Not, not at the beginning. It's down about halfway. Let's, let's do this together. Lord, use me as thou wilt. Do with me what thou wilt, but, O, promote thy cause. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy blessed interest be advanced in this world. O, do thou bring in great numbers to Jesus. Let me see that glorious day and give me to grasp for multitudes of souls. Let me be willing to die to that end. And while I live, let me labor for thee to the utmost of my strength, spending time profitably in this work, both in health and in weakness. It is thy cause and kingdom I long for. Oh, answer thou my request. I hope that that is all of our prayers.